everyone. Welcome to SFU Made Ready for Everything, the podcast. I'm Sarah Ross. And I'm John Kremel. It's the final episode of 2020. Uh, we're calling this our Mount Rushmore episode. We're going to have Shannon, our assistant director in the office, jump on the show today. And we're each going to highlight our top four moments uh, from 2020. We're going to talk about some of the great achievements of our student-athletes and of our departments, and uh, I think as we go through this show, you're going to be hard-pressed to realize that we were in the midst of a pandemic when all these achievements were made. When we knew for sure that our student-athletes, our students, were going to be coming back to St. Francis for the fall semester and we're going to try and operate as normal as possible, um, I think our office made it a real goal to make sure the experiences that our student-athletes have from a development and an academic standpoint were totally normal, just like what they're used to, and if not, you know, better. Increase that support, especially with what's going on in sports. Um, That being so uncertain, let's make this a solid foundation, a total certainty for them. And like I said, when we go through this show, I think you're going to be hard-pressed to realize um, that we were in the midst of a pandemic when this was all going on. So uh, we hope you enjoy. Last podcast of 2020, and we are going to start our Mount Rushmore of our student athlete development in academic services office moments. I'm going to start. We each have our moments picked out, um, hopefully all different moments, even though I think we're probably celebrating a lot of the same things. But in our in our last group um, podcast, we all did have a lot of similar ones. So hopefully we can keep our audience engaged with a bunch of different uh, moments that really stood out to us. But my first moment that I want to highlight it came from SAC's Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Week, um, specifically the diversity statement that the uh, eboard put together. I, if I could have bought, there's a, a billboard on the way to Altoona that St. Francis uses to advertise. I think the first thing was um, when um, Lorenzo made it to the NFL, put up like a big picture of him. Um, but since then, it's been it's been different things from St. Francis. I wanted to like buy that billboard to put up our diversity, equity, and inclusion statement. Um, the eboard recognized that this was more than a moment. You know, o- over the summer and through this pandemic, we've seen the increased awareness around the Black Lives Matter movement. We've seen an increased awareness around just the importance of diversity, equity, and inclusion, and the the e-board came is like, we need to add this to our constitution. We need to make sure that people recognize this is not just a moment in time, that this is, you know, this is important for our future. This is important for everyone to feel valued. And they made DE&I part of their values, part of the committee's values. And um, we've used We've used the slogan "Sack has your back for a lot of, I mean, since I was a student athlete, I have t-shirts that say it uh, on, that I still wear. 
And this is Sack ultimately saying we have everyone's back in in everything, in who you are and what you believe in, what's important to you, that Sack has your back and we're going to educate ourselves, that we're going to push ourselves, but we're going to be the best people we can be so that everyone feels the love and support that they deserve. So top of my list for sure is Sack's uh, diversity statement. Well, let's Sarah, let, let's work on that. Let's get um, 2021 needs some like great things. So let's get that billboard. We could like, maybe we can make some, pull some strings and get that billboard um, going up to, to Altoona because people need to see, or going up to, to campus from Altoona. So people need to see some good things in 2021. How expensive can it be, right? It's Altoona. Yeah. <laughs> Drop in the bucket for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, my turn is up. Um, after much thought on my moments, my most memorable moments, um, my, the idea that kept coming back into my mind was the small moments. Um, we talk about the big moments, they get shout outs on Instagram, on Twitter, on everything. The small individual accomplishments make those big moments. So whether it's a student athlete gets a GPA they never thought they could or get an A on a test during the semester, you know, our student athletes excelled this semester in a crazy world that we lived in. Um, they dealt with going in and out of quarantine, being virtual, being in person, whatever it may be. So many walls against them uh, and they climbed each one. And those moments to me mean a lot more than the big ones. The big ones are always celebrated, but I think we need to turn back and remember those tiny moments that make the big moments. I think that's a, that's a great point. I mean, the the those small moments that, you know, those tiny moments as you referred to them, I think that's a, a key thing to, to remember because they're what um, really are big moments for so many, you know, people. And I think sometimes get lost. So that's awesome. Um, all right. So you get to hear my first one. I, I'm going to do a combination of one. So I don't know if I'm cheating here. Um, and that's probably not good for an academic support office to, to be cheating. Um, but I think in this case, when we're celebrating good moments, I think it's okay. Uh, I'm going to do a, a combination of, of two things, and that's some new things um, I'm going to refer to them as. Um, I think, uh, you know, once this, uh, the, the podcast airs, it'll be kind of a week past, but uh, today is our director of athletics, James Downer's birthday. Um, and, you know, we are very thankful for his leadership and um, him being new to the position and coming in. Um, during one of the craziest times of uh, of the uh, college athletics, you know, types of seasons and universities and just the, everything going on with the pandemic and what he's had to, to deal with, um, you know, we really appreciate his leadership from, from our office's standpoint, but then also I think our student athletes with SAC and SAMS and our Apple leadership team um, and him really embracing their roles as student athlete leaders. Um, so I think um, that's one of the top moments is, is just the, the, the new leadership that's on board that's really going to take St. Francis to, to another level. Um, and we really look forward to continuing to collaborate out of our area with him. Um, another big thing I think is, is Retain, our, our new academic advising software platform that, that we jumped on board with. Um, we worked with another company previously. Um, we'll just remain nameless. I don't, I don't know. I don't think we want to give any shout outs to um, other companies. Uh, Retain has been absolutely awesome. You know, we, um, 
had been in conversations with them for probably over a year. And once our contracts expired with the uh, other company, you know, we wanted to, to jump on board with Retain. Um, and this is the, for those that aren't familiar, it's what we use to track study table hours um, for our student athletes, um, to send out progress reports and check how they're doing. Um, we track meeting notes when we're meeting with student athletes and, and documenting those in the system. Um, they'll help us send travel letters um, if and when we're able to travel soon um, and our teams, you know, miss classes. Um, but it's really a uh, cutting edge software program and allowed us to do a lot with study table. You know, the, the touchless um, system where they use their, their QR code and scanned in uh, when they came into study hall prevented us from having to do a swipe system where they touch the swipe card reader a lot of times. And um, it was very, very helpful um, in the midst of what we were going through and, and trying to manage and, and they couldn't have been better. Um, Kevin, who uh, um, heads things up for Retain um, has been absolutely fantastic in communication with us. And we were fortunate to have as our, our contact point, Nikki, who, who used to work at FDU as an assistant AD, overseeing kind of their academic support area and student athlete development initiatives. Um, so Retain has been very, very helpful in us for us to, to do what we did from an academic standpoint this semester. And we look to um, fully enhance what we're able to do in the spring semester with them because we kind of started couple weeks into the semester and we're kind of trying to, to scramble to get everything under um, or into the retained system, but um, they've been absolutely fantastic. So I think those are a combination, kind of new things, you know, the, the, the James Downer being our, our new director of athletics and then the uh, new partnership with retain. It's a testament to the saying that it takes a village. It takes a village of people and programs and, initiatives to make sure our student athletes reach the highest level of success that they can and you know it trickles down when James came in it's been all hands on board I think there's been a lot of buy-in in our programming uh, what our student athletes are doing and you know, having the resources to support them and make sure that happens is it's uh, super important all right back to me gonna kick off round two of our top moments um, this is a tough one for me let's see I think Moment number two is um, the Miles for Make-A-Wish event that um, our athletics department hosted. Um, SAC came up with this initiative brand new from the ground up. I mean, this was a new partnership with a committee. We've never worked with Make-A-Wish Make before. We've never done um, this like walking relay type event before, um, but they were challenged with trying to come up with some kind of event that we can host amidst a pandemic. <laughs> we need to be socially distanced. We need to be outside, but we still have this really big expectation that SAC's going to make an impact on the community, that they're going to be able to raise some money, that they're going to be able to um, either help out someone close to home or help out um, with a cause that's important to them. And they, I, I don't even know where this came from. It was incredible. We raised just short of $5,000 to in, in one day, basically, we raised all this money. Our student athletes um, got pledges. They, uh, you know, they ran a 50-50. They uh, reached out to local community like organizations and stuff to try and get them involved. And I, I mean, I showed up, I sat, I watched our student athletes walk laps for what, 12 hours and we walk away with just short of $5,000. It was, I mean, absolutely incredible. A huge nod to 
um, the leadership uh, from our SAC reps with their teams, uh, getting them to reach out to so many people, getting those donations coming in. And now the bar's set pretty high for this event for years to come because we're not just pushing that off. <laughs> that's not a one-time thing. If, if we can start off raising that much money, that's, that's going to be a huge event going forward. I love Make-A-Wish Foundation and everything they stand for. And to see our student-athletes find something so quickly, I mean, the turnaround time, even just coming up with the idea and then putting on the event was unbelievable. Super proud of them for that. That was crazy. It was like two weeks. It was yeah. like, all right, we're just going to make it happen. Yeah. It's awesome. Yes. Okay, my turn for my number two moment of the year. Um, I think my number two moment is going to turn to my Sam's and their week that they took a break from their Sam Jam and they met up with their freshmen. Um, you know, when you're a freshman starting out college and you just moved away from your parents' home, it's an adjustment. And then I think the topic is going to be a lot around COVID, but doing that in a COVID era is definitely a challenging experience. And while our upperclassmen are going through the same thing, they've already done the first round of it um, in a typical setting. So them being able to turn around and help them make that transition, be a voice for them, um, an advisor, if you want to call them, because that's what they are. Um, you know, I loved getting the messages from our Sam's and like, we had a great talk. They remind me a lot of myself or I'm going to help them schedule the classes. And even our freshman being like, yeah, like that was a really cool upperclassman reaching out to me. You know, those moments I think will last in the freshman's mind for years to come. And, you know, they're going to turn around and do the same thing when they become Sam's. Um, so those little moments, again, I'm all about the little moments for me, um, meant a lot uh, for me this year. It was neat to, to see you talk about with the, with the Sam's, the, the feature that, that Miles did recently with, with uh, you know, the work that Kate Vieira did as a student athlete mentor, mentoring the freshmen. It's really neat to see how the, the Sam's program has evolved and how it was able to flourish in the midst of a pandemic and still be able to follow all the so social distancing requirements and, and still make an impact. And I think that's, that's, that's one of the cool things across the, across the board. So, um, and that kind of leads me into to my number two, two um, moment. Um, and uh, you talk about being able to pull off events in the midst of, you know, pandemics and, and kids still being able to, to make an impact. Um, one of the newer groups that, that our office oversees is our Apple leadership team um, that we established a number of years ago in terms of um, the purpose of putting on late night programming for, for uh, all of campus, not just student athletes, but for all of campus. Um, and their ability to do things this semester was limited a little bit. You know, we used to do our red zone, you know, tailgates, which were safe tailgates at, at home football games and, and some other, you know, home sporting events. And we, we hope we can get those back um, in place, you know, fall 2021. Um, but for this semester, we weren't able to do the safe tailgates, but we wanted to make sure that our students had the opportunity to take a part in late night alternatives. And our Apple leadership team, I think, did a very good job uh, of trying to put together events. They, they ran into some, um, hurdles along the way, but right off the bat, one of the first things was a bingo night outside underneath the lights at DeGaulle Field. Um, we had 
never done an outdoor bingo night or trivia night or anything like that. Um, but, you know, we wanted to make sure we adhered to, you know, social distancing and, and just being safe um, for, for students. And the attendance was uh, our greatest attendance that we've ever had for an, a late night alternative. It was over a hundred and some, you know, students that came out. It might have been closer to 120, 125 students that came out. Um, there were great prizes, um, for sure. Um, but, you know, it, it just, it was, a, it was a nice, you know, event to see everybody um, at the beginning of the semester, you know, where, you know, the stress levels were, uh, were there and just didn't know how the semester would, 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 would pan out. And just to see everybody to get together, have some fun um, on a Friday night. Um, Alyssa Enrique was our, our bingo caller. She had a little trouble with uh, the bingo balls as they rolled out and they, they pinned through the, the, the bleachers and you heard them, you know, bouncing everywhere and people were having to chase those down. But, um, you know, it was a great turnout. They did a great job. And, um, they did another virtual, you know, trivia night um, later in the semester, which which worked out well. As, um, but the the bingo night, the the beginning of the semester, just was a um, great a uh, um, great start to the semester, and just really um, showed the impact that they could have in the midst of a pandemic. I think the increased attendance at those events, even though they're in new environments or new settings, is it shows what our student athletes need right now. There's so much that's different. There's so much, like practices are weird. I have to run around a field with a mask on or run around a court with a mask on and it's tough. And they're being separated from things that they're used to, experiences that they're used to, that when we can pull them together and keep, give them something to be competitive about, give them something to work hard towards, but also just be around um, their friends and their fellow teammates that they're gonna wanna show up for something like that. and that. That bingo night was crazy all around. How many times we tried to order a Nintendo Switch and it got canceled. And that was like that was like a last minute show up. We didn't even know if that was going to show up in the mail. And we spent more time, I think, chasing those bingo balls around on the bleachers than we actually got the call numbers out. But <laughs> and let's not forget too that you know we, we we had to chase this Nintendo Switch down. We get the Nintendo Switch and we'll let the student have, the student remain anonymous that that won um, you know the the bingo. But that person wanted to see if they could exchange the Nintendo Switch. <laughs> After all the trouble, they're like, we like exchanges. We don't really like to play video games. Um, we're like, oh, my goodness. If they knew the trouble we went to uh, to get it. But, you know, I understand. You know, some people aren't as big video game people. But I, I just it was kind of a, a humorous end to it when, you know, we found out that, you know, it took, you know, three or four different purchases to get the Nintendo Switch. And then the person who won it was like, eh, video games, not so much me. <laughs> That was, that was a little disappointing. But <laughs> All right, back to me. Kick off uh, round three of our top moments of 2020. Um, let's see. I think I'm going to go, I'm going to stick with SAC for, for one more round here. And I want to talk a little bit about their mental health week. Um, this is, we've been doing this for a while now, a, few, a couple few years. Um, and there's always a challenge, I think, to find new ways to engage our student athletes to uh, express the importance of mental health and to keep them engaged, to keep them learning, uh, to keep them helping and impacting their, the, their fellow student athletes. And this year, 
Uh, we couldn't do our typical in-person dance-off, which is where we usually see our biggest attendance and where we're able to really get like have conversations and, and speak directly to the student-athletes. But um, in addition to a social media campaign, we kicked off our SFU Warrior campaign, and that's Warrior instead of an I, it's a semicolon to raise awareness for the semicolon project around suicide awareness and prevention and education. Um, and we were able to host uh, Carly Bushoven, the sister of Madison Holleran, uh, a UPenn student athlete. Uh, she was a cross country runner who took her own life a few years back uh, around a lot of the stresses of being a collegiate student athlete, um, this idea of having to be perfect. Um, and Carly spoke to our student athletes, spoke to our entire university via Zoom, totally safe, even though we had um, close to 200 people on this call. Uh, we had some viewing rooms going on, but totally safe. I promise anyone listening, no one was at risk. Um, but man, for 45 minutes, I, it was probably the most captivating thing that we could have done in a pandemic to really make an impact around mental health. I and the amount of emails and comments, messages I got after that uh, event to wanting to expand the mental health education that we're providing, to expand the topics that we talk about during mental health weeks, to um, get more resources available to our student athletes, to our coaches, um, just I mean, absolutely, absolutely amazing, super impactful. And I still, I, we did a t-shirt campaign for, for the warrior initiative. We were able to get all of our student athletes teal and purple t-shirts that had warrior across the chest um, as a nod to whether, you know, someone who suffered from suicide, who um, had suicidal thoughts, or maybe it's something that impacts you personally. Um, just seeing that around campus is Every time I see a t-shirt, I'm like, that's impacting somebody. Someone seeing that shirt and knowing that they can reach out to someone or that there's a resource available or that someone um, understands what they're going through. And I, I love to see the t-shirts out there. I love the opportunity to have Carly talk to our campus and um, understanding that when we continue to do these mental health weeks and talk about mental health with our student athletes, that the it's unfortunate how much of a need there is, but I know the need is there. And I know that it, of all the topics we can talk about, that's probably the one that's making the biggest impact right now. Yeah, um, I agree with you. I was once a part of the writing community and you know, the story of Maddie was something that um, was talked about when it happened for, um, at first. And I think how Carly presented it in her talk just reminded our student athletes, it's okay. Like everything's gonna be okay. The moments that you have the little bumps in the road, they're okay. They're meant to teach you a lesson, but they're not meant to stop you. And I loved how she presented it and talked about the beautiful life that her sister did have. Um, and I think it was really, you know, I was sitting in one of the rooms that we had and you could see the kids' attention was just so focused on Carly's and her speech and the message she was giving. So it was very impactful even to me, you know, not being an athlete anymore. It's still a good reminder. Yeah, that was, that was a great week. I love, even though it was mostly social media based, everything that we were able to put out that week, I was super proud of our student athletes. Okay, number three for me. I think I'm, this is the first academic one um, that any of us have talked about. 
Um, mine's going to be women's tennis team being the top academic team. Um, so I accepted my position here at St. Francis last February, and I was keeping some tabs on, you know, our Instagram pages, and I saw women's tennis being the top team last spring, so I knew I had a uh, set line that I had to meet again, um, and I'm very proud of these seven girls that did this with no problem. They, you know, just got back to the normal business, studied as hard as they could, got great grades, did everything as a team, you know, their practice times changed mid-semester and they never missed a beat. Um, so I'm very proud of those seven individuals and every everything they've done to keep their grades um, as high as they have. Yeah, it's impressive. I mean, tennis keeps the, the, the streak going of 10, they've won 10 team GPA championships. Like, I think that, that that's like a dynasty. I mean, I don't know how many, um, you know, teams out there have those things. That's like a, that's like an academic dynasty, you, you know, right there. So it was very, very impressive. I'm going to keep the, the academic part going as well. Um, and just kind of talk about uh, how amazing it was the, the fall semester um, as a whole for our students from an academic perspective. And just to put in perspective for, for our listeners, this this going back to the spring, a lot of institutions across the country um, went to um, some pass-fail grade options. Um, and St. Francis didn't. Um, and there was, you know, I think there was discussions about it, but I think, you know, given the circumstances, you know, that was always going to come up of, of whether, you know, pass-fail was, you know, the best way to go, you know, with what the students were going through. And that even many institutions did that still this fall and, and gave some students the option to do some pass-fails. Um, and we did not. And so the academic accomplishments that they were able to achieve, I think even speak louder um, to the fact that, you know, they didn't have that option as a pass-fail. So, you know, the spring semester, you know, going back to that one, you know, that was a, a record-setting semester across the board. Um, for our student athletes. And I think you saw that across the country as well. But this fall semester um, was very uh, impressive, you know, given what our students were going through of um, the stresses of the classroom changes, the, um, the social distancing, the mask wearing, going in and out of quarantine or isolation, um, the fear of going into quarantine or isolation. Um, those stresses are like something that we've never experienced as, you know, all of us being former uh, student athletes and, and kind of the strangeness of practices and the uncertainty of games. But what they were able to do from an academic perspective, you know, 44th consecutive semester above a 3.0 as an athletic department. Um, we joke that we get bored with that number because it just keeps going and going, you know, 22 straight years with an athletics department GPA above a, a 3.0. Um, we had a 3.386 as an athletics department, which is the highest GPA we've ever had in the fall semester. And it's the third highest GPA that we've had um, fall or spring um, in the history of St. Francis athletics. So that's impressive uh, in and of itself. Um, our student athletes, um, 70, I think it was 77% of our student athletes had a 3.0 or higher. Um, 54% of them had a 3.5 or higher, uh, in terms of a GPA. And then you look at some of the teams that, that, that set records, um, men's basketball, women's basketball, field hockey, women's lacrosse, men's soccer, all had their highest fall semester GPA ever. 
Um, and then you look at teams that had their highest GPA fall or spring, you know, look at field hockey and women's lacrosse, um, you know, absolutely crushing it in the classroom and setting records for fall and spring um, semester GPA. So those just, just amazing um, numbers, amazing accomplishments of what they were able to do, um, you know, in the classroom, you know, we mentioned the women's tennis team winning their 10th GPA championship, um, 24 out of our 25 teams having above, um, you know, a 3.0, um, I think really just speaks volumes of the, the, the success that they have in the classroom. And it, it's the dedication that our student athletes put in, because let's be honest, they're the ones that are doing the work. They're the ones that are taking the tests and submitting the assignments. Um, but, um, I think it's a testament to both you, uh, Shannon, and uh, you, Sarah, in terms of the work that you've done with, with the student athletes, um, what our coaches have done, what the faculty have done, um, our partners in the Center for Academic Success, um, our faculty athletics mentors, um, just the impact that they've had um, really um, has allowed our, our student athletes to be very successful in the classroom. So. Um, another record-setting semester. It won't get old. We'll we'll keep the record-setting semesters, you know, going. Um, I don't know how much better they really can get, um, but um, we look forward to seeing what what spring 2021 um, holds and you know setting more records um, in the classroom, but also hopefully in competition as well. You know, hopefully some teams can you know set some some records by by competing in the spring. Hopefully. At least when I was an athlete, I always did my best when I was in season. I mean, the bowling season's a little obscure. It runs like the whole year, but from October until April, that was when I was getting my best grades because <laughs> we had to, when you're traveling, getting the work done early, studying um, ahead of time, because that's not going to happen on the road. As much as you want to think it's happening on the road, it, it happens best like when you're in your dorm or you're in a at study hall or something like that. So I think competition will only bring out even higher academic achievements from our student athletes. So hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> All right, final round of our Mount Rushmore of celebratory moments in our office. Um, I am, I'm jumping on the academic bandwagon here. Uh, I want to, John listed off a bunch of highlights from uh, the department in academic achievements, but I do want to highlight two of the teams that I get to work with on a more personal level. Um, first, huge shout out to women's lacrosse for hitting their highest GPA ever fall or spring semester uh, since we've been recording this. So a 366 in the books for women's lacrosse, which is, I mean, it's a pretty substantial increase from uh, where their GPA was sitting. Um, a few years ago, they were averaging like a 3233 in that ballpark. Um, so this is a huge jump. I think uh, it's a nod to leadership. Um, we're excited to have Tracy and Amy on staff and see what they're able to do with the program. Hopefully we get to see them out there this spring um, making huge waves in the NEC. And I, you know, the student athletes are really taking a commitment to their education and um, without a fall, fall ball season this year, maybe they had a little more time to get acclimated. Usually those freshmen get thrown into it pretty quick with their fall ball season starting off, but um, awesome. <laughs> they have a high bar to reach though, because that's going to be my new expectation to see them in that three, six ballpark. So very excited for them. And um, a special shout out to our men's basketball team who achieved a 3.0 for the second straight semester and only their second time ever getting a 3.0. Uh, 
Um, awesome. I mean, watching that GPA roll in every single individual grade, just keep adding that to the chart to see if they were going to hold on to their 3-0 again. Um, I just, I think it's such a huge achievement for them. That's not a GPA that you see around the country for a men's basketball program, a division one men's basketball program hitting a 3.0. That is, that's an anomaly. And I think that is a testament to the hard work that our guys put in. Um, I think that it, it comes from the staff putting the pressure on them to be successful in the classroom and having to earn that spot on the court. And I'm excited to see that streak continue. Um, I, that, I tell them that when I meet with them at the beginning of each year, I say the 3.0 is the expectation and it's not, it's not the goal anymore. It is absolutely the expectation. So excited to see them hit that mark again this semester. They just need to work on their, uh, their, uh, the head men's basketball coach. He's a little suspect. <laughs> the poor freshmen still confuse you and uh, your brother Rob for when they see you come out of the office, they're like, oh, coach. I was like, guys, wait, it's December. <laughs> you know that coach isn't coming out of that office. You know that's John. <laughs> and not to sidetrack the conversation, but like my brother claims he gets mistaken, you know, for me. But it's like the best is when I, oh, you coach the basketball team too? Yeah, coach the basketball team, you know, multiple jobs here. So it's a family uh, affair. Everyone, yeah. all, all criminals coach the basketball team. It's just it's how it works. No one would want me to coach the basketball team because I would get so many, I tell people I would get so many technical fouls because um, I have a low tolerance for officiating. Sorry, officials out there. That's so. why your dad has to sit so far away during basketball games. You want to talk about someone getting technicals there. I don't think there's anyone more passionate than your dad during a basketball game. I, you doesn't matter where you're in the stands, you know, if Mr. Krimmel did not like a call and I, I love it. I think there's, he is such a huge red flash basketball fan that he wants everyone to know when something did not go the way it should have gone. I think it's awesome. Yeah. I mean, the official evaluator can't be there every single game. So <laughs> Someone's got to evaluate them, right? That's the only way you get better. <laughs> Sorry, Shannon, I digress. <laughs> no worries. Um, hopefully, I get to watch an in-person basketball game soon and see your dad in action. <laughs> um, so my last top moment of this year um, goes back to the Sam's. Sam's de-stress fest was something that was talked about from John and Sarah since the moment um, I stepped on board. Um, and to my understanding, it was a one-night situation in the Ox gym um, with, again, going back to that whole COVID topic, um, we decided to do a week-long event for our student-athletes. Um, so we had a hot chocolate outside. We did Christmas pictures with Santa and Elf and a turkey outside in the snow. Um, we did virtual yoga with Melinda and Kenzie. And then we did Doug's Dogs um, to round out the night. I loved this week. Um, I think it was just the hard work that you saw the Sam's put in, whether it was them standing with me in the snow during Christmas pictures or whether they were jamming out to music at hot chocolate night, whatever it was. Um, they definitely bought all into the week. Um, they also showed up too and, you know, participated in every event. Um, you also saw the freshmen participating a lot. Um, I did hear from the freshmen that the, their most favorite night was the hot chocolate. Apparently, Torian has the hands-down best hot chocolate um, from what I've heard. Um, so this was a fun week for me. I think it was a good time to help the student-athletes relax and students all across campus were 
this was all open to everyone. Um, but it was a good week to lead into finals. I think we all needed the de-stress fest at that point in the, the, the semester. <laughs> Uh, adults included, and I think some stopped by and grabbed hot chocolate as well. And I'm sure if some wanted to come back late at night and grab hot dogs, they would have um, from Doug's Dogs. But yeah, I think it was a an awesome you know week of events. So kudos to to you, Shannon, and the, and the student athlete mentors because it was um, it was pretty awesome. And it was a pretty cold day when we did the pictures outside. And um, yeah, it was. <laughs> you know, Nice welcome to the Loretta winter for me. <laughs> yeah, for for sure. So, uh, but it, it got people in the, in the season, and and the addition of a turkey. You know, we've never had someone dress up as a turkey because usually de stress fest has always been after Thanksgiving, so there wasn't the need to necessarily do that. So it's nice we we celebrated, you know, a little bit with Thanksgiving and and didn't get that holiday lost. You know, it seems sometimes like the lost holiday between, you know, I guess Halloween and Christmas that Thanksgiving kind of just blends in there, but. We forever have a turkey costume now as part of our, our wardrobe in our office. So, uh, so speaking of turkey, um, that kind of leads me into my last big moment. And, uh, and it goes back to, again, the amazing work our student athletes did in the midst of a, a pandemic. And I, I know I keep saying that, but it's absolutely amazing what they were able to accomplish um, you know, we've talked about it, you know, in the classroom and we can't really say much from a competition standpoint right now, but we hopefully can say that soon, but look what they did, you know, in the community. Um, so SAC did their, their canned food drive, canned and non-perishable food drive again. Um, this is a one week long event and um, collected 2,714. I think that's correct. Sarah, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was 2,714 canned and non-perishable goods that all went to the Dorothy Day Outreach Center. Um, which serves the the local community around St. Francis. Um, so it was really amazing to, to to collect that amount, you know, when you consider what we were, um, you know, going through um, just around campus and the community and in the country um, to collect that many canned goods in a short period of time for people that, that really need it at this time. You know, uh, there's a lot of people that, as a result of the pandemic have lost jobs. Um, you know, food has been come, become harder to come by for some people and to be able to provide that to the local community and support them in this time is, is absolutely amazing. Um, and then the, the new part that the new twist um, SAC, um, you know, did part of it was the, the sunbeam, you know, sunbeam baskets, the, the Thanksgiving sunbeam baskets and um, not only collecting turkeys um, for, for families for Thanksgiving dinners, but also all the, the sides and fixings and desserts, whatever you want to refer to. I mean, 39 turkeys were collected plus all the sides with those turkeys. So as a result of, uh, of SAC's work and, and, our, and our athletics department, um, you know, 39 local families were able to have turkey dinners and Thanksgiving dinners. Um, talk about making a, an impact. You know, 39 families that otherwise might not have been able to have a Thanksgiving dinner, had a Thanksgiving dinner, um, thanks to the work of, of SAC, our, our student athletes, our athletics department. Everyone really rallied around and, and donated those, um, you know, turkeys and, and all the sides and um, the organization of that, it was nothing short and amazing. A shout out to women's lacrosse. Um, you know, talk about the, the impact that they have made this semester, not to just single, single them out, but 
great academic semester, but then their impact in the community and always stepping forward and wanting to try to um, um, enhance what they do as a team to, to make that impact and the work of Tracy and Amy to, uh, to get them organized. To, they, they took everything up to, to Dorothy Day for us, helped to, to deliver everything to Dorothy Day, which was, which was huge and, and did it in a safe manner. And, um, you know, that's, um, you know, that, that easily could be my top moment. So no, but by no means would I say that's, you know, number four necessarily, but the fact that, you know, people had Thanksgiving dinners that would not have had it and, you know, collecting food to, to stock in the food pantry now. So families can continue to, to utilize the resources of the Dorothy Day Outreach Center is, is truly awesome. That's um, the addition of the Sunbeam Basket Challenge to our traditional food drive. Um, it's something we're going to have to look to keep going every year. I think that that impact is way, way above, um, you know, what we traditionally do, especially during the holiday season to make that, to make that kind of impact. It was, it was really special um, putting those bags together uh, and just seeing, just knowing that the, those families are going to have uh, something that resembles a normal Thanksgiving. That was, a, that was super special. Well, you just heard the, the top four moments from each uh, Sarah Shannon and myself. Uh, we called this the Mount Rushmore. In many ways, I think we felt like we were, we were climbing up the mountain throughout the, the fall 2020 semester. But, you know, what a success it was. And I could not be more proud of our student-athletes in terms of what they accomplished um, in the classroom and also in the community. And the obstacles that they had to overcome and the daily stresses that they had to endure really make this semester even more remarkable in terms of what they were able to accomplish. While everything was not perfect this semester, um, and everything didn't go the way we might have hoped for or, or wanted, uh, we really need to celebrate the success of the semester. You heard from Sarah about the amazing things that, that SAC did, you know, talk about two of the, the great things SAC did with the, the diversity statement that they put together uh, as part of the SAC Constitution, diverse, part of our Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Week success of the, the Miles for Make-A-Wish fundraiser, our first time working with the, the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Um, you know, Shannon talked about the success of really our student-athlete mentor program and, and the connections um, our mentors made with their mentees or the freshmen throughout the semester. And some were in person, some were virtual, um, but they really went out of their way to really connect and be there for the freshmen and help them through this adjustment while they were going through the adjustment themselves. You know, it was really a uh, unprecedented semester uh, for everyone, but it was really nice to see our student-athlete mentors step up and, and really be there as a support system for uh, the rest of our student-athletes. And then you see the, the, the great culmination of the, the De-Stress Fest, the four-day week that our student-athlete mentors put on at the end of the semester to really just bring everybody together, celebrate the successes of the semester, unwind, um, and really you know launch into to break and, and really the, the spring 2020. 2021 semester um, and then you look at it from an academic perspective the, the record-breaking semester the best fall semester that we've ever had the third best semester that we've ever had out of the fall and spring um, truly remarkable we're talking um, the adaptations that these students have to make in the classroom with different 
you know, requirements and some, uh, you know, being hybrid courses and some all in-person courses and uh, the social distancing and, and all that had to happen and to make it all work uh, in the classroom. It's, it's really amazing the, the accomplishments they had in the classroom. And then we're really excited about our new partnership with Retain. You know, we can't reiterate that enough. Um, the partnership with Retain uh, really helps us enhance our academic support for our student athletes, and we look forward to continuing that partnership, continue to build on it, and enhance what we're able to do from an academic support standpoint. And hopefully, we get to use those travel letters soon um, to uh, dismiss kids from classes and, and head out to the competition. Um, and we're really excited to have uh, James Downer on board as our athletic director. He's done a great job leading our athletics department, and our, our student athletes, coaches, our uh, our staff uh, through semester unlike any other um, and we'll see some of the same things here in the spring and uh, we look forward to a great spring 2021 semester um, with James leading us forward um, and you know we're, we're really looking forward to 2021 I can't emphasize that enough I think a lot of people are um, a chance to really continue to make an impact and, and have those successes in the classroom impacts in the community hopefully some championships when we start to, uh, to compete more in our sports. So on behalf of the, the Student Athlete Development and Academic Services team uh, of Sarah, Shannon, and myself, um, we wish you an amazing end to 2020. Um, when you're hearing this podcast, you know, Christmas will have passed us, so we hope everyone had a very Merry Christmas. Uh, we wish you a, a Happy New Year. And we'll be back in 2021 with some more podcasts on the SFU Made Ready for Everything uh, podcast, so stay tuned. For that, until then, you know, remember to stay safe, stay healthy, and stay positive.